Hi, everyone. Welcome back to In Her Wallet podcast, a weekly show helping women around the world take control of their finances for good and build better financial futures one episode at a time. My name is Sophia. I'm the host of In Her Wallet podcast creator behind in her wallet and an accredited investment representative here in Canada. If you listen to in her wallet podcast, you know, I haven't done solo episodes in quite some time. And I'm so excited to be recording this episode for you just chatting with you guys. And really what I wanted to talk about today is about renting versus home ownership. We live in a society where home ownership is the ultimate goal. And if you're still renting by the time you're 30 or you're in your your mid-30s or in your 40s, you might be considered a loser. People might think that you potentially don't have enough money to buy home. Is it still true in today's world when the median household income is $66,000 while an average home price is close to a million dollars? This is what I'm going to try to understand in this episode and break it down for you. But before we dive into that conversation, just wanted to remind you that if you enjoy In Her Wallet podcast, if you like this episode, please leave us a star rating and a review. If you can, share it on your social media and make sure to tag In Her Wallet podcast and my own page at Sofia Salimova. I love seeing the feedback that we get on every episode and it's really what keeps us going and helps In Her Wallet podcast grow. Well, with that out of the way, let's dive into this conversation. So to start, I want to paint the picture as to what society has taught us is the norm. In many countries, you rent as you start building your career. It's kind of a short-term thing. But as your income continues to increase, you start saving for a down payment to eventually buy a home so you can start a family and really grow your roots. Unintentionally, it also communicates when you own a home of your own that you have made it. Home ownership is, in fact, a privilege and a status. And that's because that's what society has taught us. This is a major financial milestone and it communicates that we have money and we have achieved certain level of wealth. So naturally, this is the path majority of people go without even questioning the decision to take out a mortgage and be locked up for these monthly payments for many years down the road, oftentimes 20 to 25 years, because we really have been taught that renting isn't a long-term game plan. As we age and move past that 30 years old age mark, if you're still renting, people might start questioning whether you're doing okay financially. That's just what socially is accepted. Something I found really interesting on another podcast that I listened to recently is The Diary of a CEO, and the guest was Ramit Sethi. He's the author of the book, Let Me Teach You How to Be Rich. He says he rents, and when friends, when his friends found out that he's renting, they were saying basically, well, how can you really teach people how to manage their money and how to be rich if you yourself are renting? So Unconsciously, we believe that renting is for low-income people and for people who have not really achieved that certain level of wealth. The interesting part, though, is that this trend has been changing in the last couple of years. The number of households who rent their homes has grown twice as fast as the number of those who own. 
the data reveals. And in Canada, in particular, the number of households who rent their homes grew by more than 21% between 2011 and 2021. By contrast, the number of households that own their homes grew by just 8% over the same period of time. What is really driving this trend? To try to understand that, the first place I looked at is obviously who are these people that are buying or renting. And this trend is mostly dominant amongst generation that is typically likely to want to buy a home. So young adults who are looking to start a family. Obviously, as you probably can tell, if I'm going to ask you a question, why do you think these young people are not buying homes anymore? it's because the housing affordability is not there. Even those making six-figure salaries find it shocking how unaffordable the housing options are. So I pulled up a report of the average home prices. In Canada overall, it's about $650,000. That's the average price of a home, which doesn't sound too bad, right? But when you start thinking about where do young people reside, obviously they're building their careers. So it's in major cities like Vancouver and Toronto. I googled the average home price in those cities and here is what I found out. So keep in mind in Canada it's 650,000. Average home price in Vancouver is double that of Canadian average at 1.2 million. And it had risen 29% just over the past 3 years. In Toronto the number is similar. It's at 1.1 million. Isn't that crazy? These numbers are really big and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, you know, how much would it cost to purchase a home besides down payment? How much would you realistically be required to pay on a monthly basis to own a home? So let's take a closer look. I will take a million dollar home, which seems to be below the average price in Toronto and Vancouver. So keep in mind that the payments will go over now might slightly be less or more depending on the price, but it'll give you a good estimate. So as with any home purchase, if you've ever looked into buying a real estate property, you'll know that traditionally you are required to make that 20% down payment, which equals for a million dollar property to 200,000. Now, think of your salary and how long it might take you to save this much money. Realistically, I'm thinking that if you're in a relationship and you have either your family or your partner supporting you, it'll be a minimum of five years just to save for the down payment. Then the remaining 800000 is what we're taking out the mortgage for. As of now that I'm recording, the best available mortgage rate is at 4.69%. And at this rate, the monthly payment for a period of 25 years comes to $4,513. It can be less or more depending on the length of your mortgage term. So I took 25 years, which is kind of the standard way. $4,500 per month is significant. And when you take all these numbers into consideration, that home ownership doesn't seem as sexy anymore. After all, you can be renting for half the monthly price, be saving and investing your discretionary income, and be flexible with where you work from, especially in the day and age when remote work is in play and we can really travel and work from anywhere in the world. 
I think that this is the reason why young adults would rather spend an average of 30% of their monthly income on home rent than be locked up in a mortgage during high interest environment and also be responsible for all the additional costs of own home ownership besides that down payment and monthly mortgage payments, such as repairs, utilities, maintenance, you name it. When I found out that 42% of all homeowners in Canada are baby boomers, so people ages 56 to 75 years old, it kind of made me feel so much better about this whole situation. Young adults should definitely not feel like they're losers if they are renting their home. If anything, it sounds like a more financially thought through decision. What I think is you're definitely at a loss if you're making such a big financial commitment and find yourself struggling down the road with making payments or locked up with a certain lifestyle because now bank expects to receive these monthly payments from you. And if you fail to make these payments, your consequences are real and now you're in trouble. So my conclusion for this episode really is that home purchase is a significant financial decision. As with any financial decision, it needs to be evaluated according to your personal financial situation to understand whether that makes sense. Renting could be a winning scenario, I think, if you're able to find a way to help your money work hard for you elsewhere, perhaps by way of investing in real estate property and taking advantage of short-term rentals that you're going to be giving to someone to supplement your income and create that additional income stream that will in turn allow you to save money for your own home ownership down the road. There is no denial that buying a home is one of the most significant financial decisions that you will make in your lifetime. When you find a home that you want to buy, you should first figure out if you can afford it. But afford isn't simply as what's in your bank account right now. What will that down payment be? And what will those monthly payments for your mortgage be? A list of other potential financial and lifestyle considerations need to be made and included into these calculations. For example, if you're planning to have a child or a few children down the road, that's a very financially costly decision and commitment as well. So you need to include all of these things into this calculation. After you factor in all these elements into if you can afford this house or not, it starts looking more complicated than it first appeared to be. But considering financial factors before you purchase a home is better than making a financially costly mistake and regret down the road. So to answer the question that we started this episode with, whether renting is for losers, I do not agree with that. And I think that home ownership again, is a significant financial decision that needs to be evaluated personally, depending on the situation you are in. It's not a bad thing to be aiming to set such a financial goal for yourself down the road, but it's definitely not something that needs to be rushed into. Well, that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed this short solo episode. If you missed solo episodes, let me know. I'll definitely make sure to create more of these going forward. If you've been enjoying In Her Wallet podcast, please make sure to share it with your family and friends and whoever you think might find it useful. It helps us grow and reach new audiences. There are several ways to support In Her Wallet podcast either by leaving us a star rating and a review or through buy me a coffee link in the episode description. Well, with that said, 
I want you to give yourself credit for showing up for yourself and your future because every time you do that, you increase what's financially possible for you. Thank you and I'll see you next week.